All right, Oscar, I think we have to admit it. Uh-huh. We're Ryan Lockett fanboys. Okay, that is true. So today we're going to review Now or Never by Red Raven Games, our third Ryan Lockett game on Board with Family Games. And I'm your host, Oscar. And every month we bring you a game that we love to play as a family so that you can play it with your friends and family. For more information on the game we're going to review today, Now or Never by Red Raven Games, or the other games we've reviewed, please visit our website. Or with familygames.com. That's P-U-A-R-D with familygames.com. And there you can find all of our previous podcasts, links to the game websites so that you can purchase them yourself. All right, Oscar, so... Tell us a little bit about Now or Never. What's what is this game? Well, you're trying to build your the monument back after it was wiped out by monsters. Okay, so there's a monument. You're rebuilding it. This is a Ryan Lowcat game, as we said. Which what are kind of the features that you expect from a Ryan Lowcat game, Oscar? Um, art. The, all the art kind of looks very similar. Kind of a painted, drawn feel to it. Okay. And what else? What's the real signature piece of these games? Story. Story. So there's always a big story portion to the game. Previously, we've reviewed Above and Below and Near and Far. And so today, we're going to review Now or Never by Red Raven Games. We would love for you to sponsor us. So if you're interested in board games, please sponsor us. And we'll be trying to probably sell some board games for anyone who's interested in them and just contact us at our website board with family games that's b-o-a-r-d with family games.com and just contact us and sponsorships would include an ad spot right here on our pod- podcast every week we'd love to have you join us Oscar, tell us again, what is the point of Now or Never? Well, you want to rebuild your hometown, the monument. And you have to take out, kill monsters, and bring back the refugees that fled when it was destroyed to build it back better. Okay, so basically this is a an adventure and town-building game while you're going out to rebuild your buildings, rebuild or bring back villagers to live in your town. And what do these things do for you? How does that all work? What, what, what are you trying to create with them? Well, you're trying to produce resources. And then eventually in late game, you try to get points. Okay, so this is... If at the core of it, this game is about building up and building an engine to produce resources so that you can do more things in later rounds of the game. And again, as Oscar said... There's points. So all over all the things, there's different ways you can get points. And we'll cover how, some of the different ways that you'll get points later in this episode. So, Oscar, you described a little bit before, but tell us again, to kind of describe the look and feel of the game. Well, it kind of has a painted, drawn feel to it. It's a very signature art style. Very fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as Oscar said, signature... Ryan Lowcat, you can look at a game from him and you're like, oh yeah, he did that. Because you get very used to how the paintings look. Um, but he does a great job illustrating 
this game. Um, there's lots of different creative creatures and it's very fun throughout. One of the things about this game is that there are lots of boards and items that are part of it. So why don't you start talking through some of the components that you have in front of you? Okay, so you have the board that's kind of the map. It's where you're moving around and doing stuff on. Okay, so you have a actual little character that sits on the board and that... Character moves around. Okay. Does stuff. Gives you the idea of traveling and adventuring throughout the world away from the monument, right? Yes. Okay, great. Um, what else do you have? Um, you have like a market board that has all the things you can buy, things you can sell. Different, where, like, what refugee options you have. Okay, great. What else? You also have your player board. And on it, your abilities, your health, your the actions you can take, and you have your town board. Okay, so there's four characters, right? So let's talk about that character board real quick. You have four characters, and they can attack, have defense have special abilities, as you said. Um, and so this board helps you really manage yourself as you're playing the game. And then tell us about the town board. The town board's your village. It has your resource track, which tells you how much, how many resources you have. And it has the spaces where you build and where your villagers live. Okay, so in front of you, in every game, you are, you've got for the shared thing, you have a big um, world map. You've got a market board that keeps everybody in track that also tells you the seasons because this is played over six rounds or six seasons. You have your um, player board that's specific to you with one of four different characters and then your town board. And then what's next to your town board? Um, Next to your town board is the buildings you can build. You can only build buildings that are next to buildings. Slots where buildings had been, but you built them. Okay, so you basically have this square of buildings that you put together at the beginning of the game, and how you get them and where which ones you get is a little bit random and um, depends on what how you play the game, which ones you're able to get. Um, what about the cards? So there's cards in the game as well. Um, so they're called quest cards, and you get this hand of like four four cards, I believe. And they have different costs for you to get them. You have to go to special locations on the world map to play them. But they also will often give you an ability. So, like, you could spend mana, which is a resource on your character board, to to get, like, an another action or something else. Okay, so you're going to have some cards that... And we'll talk a little bit more about those quests in a moment. But, yeah, you have those cards that you're handling... And then what else? What about the peoples? Well, there are all kinds of people in this game. Um, there's a ton of little villagers. They go on. You get six options to choose from. And you can get them from different quests, locations, fighting. And each season, they'll give you more production and resources. Okay, so each villager produces some kind of resource, some more rare than others. Um, and so this is one of the things, you know, again... The idea of this game here is you're building your town. So you're building buildings and they have special abilities and help you produce things. And then you're building or getting villagers to live in those buildings <laughs> and they also produce are going to produce things. something for you. So that's how you're kind of building as the game goes. So each season you'll have more that you can do when you start the following season you as you build up. Um, 
What about the story booklets? Well, those are for the campaign mode, which is, there's like two modes. And it's played over a series of six games. Get this thing, it modifies the rules a bit. And you can get different things. You maybe get special villagers, a special tile that get, lets you move or something. Okay, so All kinds of different weird little pieces. So a little different from uh, previous or previous games now near and far um, above and below. These story booklets, as Oscar said, are only for the um, campaign. So you can play this game in one of two ways. You can either play it as a one-off where you're just going and building your monument, or you can play it in a campaign of six games played over time, and these add that story element to it. So whichever way you play, you're able to, um, or you're going to be interacting with things in a slightly different way. We have played both ways. We played a couple rounds of it just in the one or the one time mode. And then we switched and started playing the or to play through a campaign. Um, but those stories, again, booklets will tell you the different, um, or actually have the narratives that are very similar to previous games like now or ne never, or sorry, near or far or above and below. But it's a cute little story and you'll get two options. And or three. Some of them are three, but those are rare. Yeah. So you're going to, you know, another player will read the story booklet. You'll have these two options. You'll have to decide what to do and go from there. Okay. So um, what about the um, specialists? What about those? Well, they're these special little things. You get four options. You have four options at each time. You can only have four of them at a time. Okay. So these live on your character board. Yes. Okay. And you have to spend money to buy them, to be able to use them, and you have to spend money to use them. And then they'll give you all kinds of effects. Okay. They might heal you. So if you're, like, hurting and down to, like, one health, they'll bring you up to full health. They'll build. They'll make you get your XP. Yep. So they do a bunch of different things. Um, you have a, or so, you know, you've got all these things. As we've been talking, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Where you have your specialists, your villagers, your um, buildings, your town, your character board. So it, it feels like a lot at first. Diversity-wise, as we're saying, there's all these characters. Um, like previous Ryan Lockett games, wonderful job of diversity. Male, female, race. Some um, people that aren't human. They're um, other um, species. So you have Fish lots of, bird. Yeah, so there's lots of different um, characters involved, but they're all add to the diversity of the world. Alright, so we've described all these parts of the game. Tell us a little bit about setup. Okay. Setup takes forever. <laughs> this is one of the most intense setup games that we play, isn't it? Yeah. You have to shuffle three decks of cards. Put them somewhere within reach of everyone. You have to shuffle, shuffle three or four or two, depending on how many players you have, things of buildings. You have to shuffle all the villagers and line them out. <laughs> you have to shuffle items to different piles, put them out. And you have to put a bunch of different pieces and bits and bobs out on the map putting like man on your person and that tokens everywhere. So yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, we're going to share a picture uh, on Facebook and Twitter of this game as it's set up. And 
it's frankly the most intense game we play it or setup wise and piece wise. We take up every spot of the table. We barely have room to set a drink. Um, so it is, it's pretty intense. We've got it down for our three player fam, uh, family, adding a fourth board in, we would need a little bit more space. We need to extend out further on the table. <laughs> yeah. But with that said, yes, it's a lot. You set up your, all these things, you set up your individual play area. Then let's quickly talk through the gameplay. So even though there's all this going on, we're going to try to give you a quick idea of what the play is like so that you can get a sense of it. So what are the, uh, in a, you've got these two things. You've got the turns and then you've got a season. So let's talk through the turns in a season and then we'll talk about ending a season. So tell us about the turns. Okay. So on your turn, you could either move your person around the board and do actions with that, or you could use a specialist. When you use a specialist, you could build, you pay the money to use the building specialist, pay the money to buy the building, put it somewhere you could put it on your town board. That's your turn. Okay. So you're, you're going to do one action. Yeah. So you're going to buy a specialist. You're going to use a specialist. Um, and as we said, those specialists have a c- couple different flavors, one building, one healing, one gets you experience. And one gets lets you buy an item. Buy an item from the shop to make your character stronger. Um, so those are the basic ideas of what you're going to be able to do with um, that action of either buying or using a specialist. Tell us a little bit more about the movement, the kind of adventure um, point of this game. Well, you slide your little piece that tells you how many actions you have across like a centimeter and then okay let's be a little bit more clear about that there's um in your upper right corner of your player board you have three arrows they each tell you how far you can move you can do three of these actions in a season right okay so you get three move actions in a season and what so you move um it moves you to a new location then what can you do at those locations at those locations you could do a quest so you would like play i don't know something you pay the cost you get some form of effect okay, and so, some feature so every quest card we describe explain that you have these cards in your hand every quest has some cost and some reward and so that's one option of what you can do at a location mm-hmm. all right what else can you do you could fight a monster so this is if you go to a space with a monster you Fight it using your abilities and your armor. Then you either die or the monster dies. Okay, and when the monster dies, what do you get? You get villagers and like maybe XP or some or like a hammer or book. Okay, so hammer or book are some of the resources in the game, and so you're gonna. This is one of the primary ways you get villagers. So you're spending a bit of of time fighting in the game because you've got to go fight these monsters. Save your villagers so that you can build up your town. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what else can you do in a town? Or, sorry, in a, or after you've moved? Um, you could search. So this is if you go to a place with a little search token. So you go to the storybook if you're playing story and going campaign. Or if you're just playing non-campaign, the non-campaign version, you flip it over, get whatever's on the back. And then you maybe discard it, or you keep it, and then it gives you money in the next season. Okay, so searching is 
this option, this is again where the story comes in. You're going to get those two choices and you're going to get some reward. We find that the searching is a, um, doesn't give the greatest rewards, but they give good rewards. And so we generally find that we're doing some level of searching um, every game as we're playing. And sometimes it gives you really big rewards. You just never quite know what you're going to get, right? Yeah. But most of the time, or not most of the time, all of the time, searching is going to be taking away some of your hearts. You only have so many hearts. And so at some point, you're going to need to heal up if you've been doing it. Same with fighting. You're fighting. You're going to lose hearts. You're going to need to heal at some point, which is why it's so great that you have that healer specialist to help heal. Okay. And that could be another action in a later turn. Okay. So you do those things. And then um, what's the last thing you can do in after you're, you've moved? If you go to one of the named locations, you can do some form of action specific to the location. Normally, you spend something, hearts, money, and then you get something. Hearts, money, quests, items, XP, resources. It does. It depends on the location. Okay, so you're going to get something from that location. And so you get to do some of these actions every time you move. As we said, you've got about three moves in a season. Um, so you have to be real careful and cautious about when you're going to do those moves so that you can really plan out what you want to do. Okay, so that's your um, your or your turn. So you're going to do one of these things. You're going to buy a specialist, use a specialist, or move around on the board. What happens when you can't do anything anymore? You pass. Okay, and what happens once everyone passes? New season with kid begins. Okay, so let's talk quickly through what that is after you end a season. You get your produced goods, so you get different resources depending on your villagers or your buildings. So can you explain real quick how you measure resources in this game? Because I think it's kind of neat and um, helpful to think about. And Django-like. Yes, (laughs) Django-like. So you get this track of things and different markers that show it. It's Django-like because you have to pile them on each space and they don't pile great. <laughs> but you have you move them along the track. It goes one to nine. But if you go to nine, you just put a little piece on the marker and go back to zero. All right. So you've got shells, books, hammers, bottled demons. And crystals. And crystals. And so these are your things. You have these five little wooden tokens that you stack up, which is, yes, very difficult. Um, and then... You move them along the track to give you a sense of how much of each item you have on hand. And so at the end of the turn, you ba- or at the end of the season, you're basically looking at your town. You're looking at all your buildings, seeing if they produce any of these items. You're, or you're looking at your villagers that you've saved to see what they are able to produce. And you get all those resources. And then what else do you do? Um you move a season marker, refill the villagers, you get like some money or some a couple other things that are just helpful but aren't. There's only a few things that give okay. you them. So we've talked a little bit about money. You get a tiny amount of money from your actions in town and your that they produce, and maybe you can get some from questing. Where does your money really come from? It comes from your resources. Okay. You get different... You have the market board, which gives you sets. Each resource has a value specific to that resource. Then you get sets that increase the value. So while the value that I'm selling might be is six, I still... I get nine instead. Okay. So 
shells are worth one and everything else besides book, because book isn't worth anything. Those are used for quests are you are worth two but then these sets allow you to get more resources so you really want to save up so like let's say you get three shells you can turn in three shells for five coins instead of just turning in three shells for three coins so it's worth more Mm -hmm. so that's your goal is to kind of figure out how you're going to maximize your points so that your or your coins so that you're going to have enough to do because the more coins you have the more specialists you can use the more buildings you can buy the more expensive buildings you can buy so that's um, really important to the game is to getting that those resources so that you can get the money so that you can get all the stuff that you want to do. All right. For complexity, yes, this game is a monster for setup. But the actual play of it is not that bad. Um, you know, you have a number of different things that you're managing, but the general actions that you can do are pretty limited. You're only using a specialist or moving. (laughs) So while it can seem very daunting at first, it plays pretty easily though. um, And, you know, especially at first, there's not that many things you can do. You can't go wrong, right? Well, I mean, you can buy a super duper expensive building that you should not buy at first, but you don't generally do that. But that's a learning experience that maybe I had in the first game when I bought something really expensive and, <laughs> and had a, uh, it really caused me trouble for the rest of the game. But, yeah. you know, that's, um, that, that, that's how you learn. As you get better at the game, you'll better understand what to do. I will say, though, that while it's um, not that hard to pick up, there's a lot of complexity and we're still working out best strategies to do well long term. Um, there's a lot of things that you can try out. What about family strife and frustration, Oscar? How much trouble does this cause us as a family to play together? Um, not a ton. Yeah, I agree. I mean, actually, where the most comes in is when people take crystal villagers. <laughs> we, there's a bit in that because they're rare and sealing first player, but that's it. Yeah. So, um, as Oscar mentions, those crystal villagers, they're the rarest villagers. They're the hardest to get. The last game we played, I could not get a crystal villager. You got the was, same amount. Yeah. In the end, we did. But it was very frustrating for me. But it wasn't like I was mad at Oscar or um, his mother. They weren't attacking me. They weren't doing anything specific. It was just the luck. They would come up at a bad time where I couldn't get them. Yeah. And honestly, this is a game... Where you have to go out, there's a special refreshing mechanic, you get to the XP, you go out, you kill a monster, you you maybe take a few villagers, you refresh and just hope that a crystal comes out. Yeah. And only the one crystal. Yeah. Just want the one crystal, <laughs> and so no one else gets it. So it's um, it's what part of the complexity, part of the way you're playing, but it works out, you'll figure it out. I will say the other area that I find frustration in is when I miscalculate fighting a monster. We've only lost to monsters a few times, not because it's not complicated. It's just, you can know going in, you plan it out so that you know, you're going to win before you battle. Um, Or you go in, you're like, I have a 75% chance of getting the thing I need to win. Otherwise I'm done. Yeah. And so you, you know, you're either taking that chance and then when it fails, it's, oh, it's devastating. Or most of the time you're planning it out and you know you're going to be able to win when you go in for that fight. There's sometimes where you take the chance, it pays off. That's, a, that's true. 
Okay, number of players. Um, we've been, as we always say on this podcast, we play with three players. It plays very well with three players. Um, two, I feel like there, um, it might be a little bit short of a Stuff. game. Yeah, you're not going to move through the villagers as quickly. You're not, or you're not going to move through the specialists as quickly. It's it's just going to be a little bit harder having just two players. But I think it would play or play well. One thing we haven't mentioned is that this game is long. We very rarely play it in the course of one day. We usually have to um, take a break overnight and finish it up the following day um, just because you're looking at potentially three to four hours of playtime. So um, that's with three players. I imagine with four players, it's even longer. So if you're playing with four players, just be ready to either start early and have enough time or be ready to um, walk away and come back the next day. What do you think about replayability? Um, it's definitely replayable. I'm, we haven't finished a campaign and started another one, so we don't, we're not entirely sure about that. But the campaign, the story, isn't such a huge part that you know that since you know what's going to happen, it's going to be devastating to the fun. Yeah, so you you know if you're playing it, you're only doing so many searches in a in a game. You're probably going to get different stories every game because each character has a different story for each location that they go to. So first time, you know, Markland goes to the, um, that location and gets a story, and then the next playthrough, um, you know, six games later a different character is probably going to wander in there. So, you know, again, a campaign is six um, games long. This is going to last you a while. And the one-off game where you're not using the stories, it plays really well and is that's infinite. You can keep doing that forever. Mm-hmm. All right. And then for storage and protection, we, of course, have sleeved all the cards. We have a complicated system of baggies to try to keep this game together. Um, we have Ziploc, or we have a um, gallon-sized Ziploc, which works really well for keeping a single player's stuff together. But even with that, it is going to push the so- our box up about an inch. It does not close completely because there's a lot going on. Yeah. My only complaint about the game is it needs a larger box. <laughs> I like ga- I like games that don't go way too high. Yeah, it, it could have just used it, give it, or it could have given us just a little bit more space to stick all this stuff in after you try to sort it out. Um, so, Oscar, overall review: What do you think? Should people play now or never? Yes, absolutely. You know, as we said, we've played um, these two other games by Ryan Laucat. It keeps like these. You don't have to have played the previous ones, but this one feels like the most complete of them. They are all great games, but I, this was, this is the one I think I, I'm, I'm liking the most of all three. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us for our review or, of Now or Never by Red Raven Games. As always, please um, visit our website. ForwardWithFamilyGames.com That's for you. A-R-D with FamilyGames.com you can find information about our podcast, previous episodes. Also, please, please follow us wherever you're getting your podcast so you can get it um, fresh every month when it comes out. Review us, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and always feel free to write us some questions. We would be happy to include them in our next episode. 
So with that, I guess it's time to set up Now or Never again. I guess I'll see you in about half an hour, Oscar, after you've set the whole thing up. <laughs> well, for now, I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. Bye.